Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, summer series takeover with Maya Lanell. Today I'll be speaking with Kelly Hawkins, a debut novelist with HarperCollins, whose first novel, Other People's Houses, is out in early March. I was lucky enough to read an advanced copy. It's an excellent pacey thriller, and I must say it had one of the best advanced reader copy covers that I've seen in ages too. You'll want to get your hands on a copy when it hits the bookshelves in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. But first, let's meet the author, Kelly Hawkins, in this summer series takeover interview for Words and Nerds. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, Kelly. Thanks, Maya. It's great to be here. Wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit about where you're speaking to us from? Um, I live in Newcastle, and we've, um, which is in New South Wales. Most people will probably know where that is. It's a pretty big, uh, well, not a city. Well, it is a city, I suppose. Um, and we just moved. We lived in Mayfield, which is um, probably a 10-minute drive from the centre of town. And about November last year, we sold and we're now renting right in the middle of town. So um, we're loving it at the moment. It's me and my teenagers, two teenagers. And so I'm sitting in the uh, lounge room slash dining room, um, and you can't see it from where you are, but I can. I'm facing the windows, so I'm looking out over Newcastle Harbour, which is amazing. So I can see like coal ships and container ships when they come and go. Um, it's actually really ordinary weather today, but on a nice day, it's lovely. Um, so yeah, it's it's right in the centre of town, so we can walk to the beach from here or just down to a restaurant. It's very tempting when we do anything at the moment but we're loving it at the moment so it's great oh that's fantastic now, i read in your bio that one of your dreams was to have an office overlooking the ocean so you've kind of ticked that box already just about yeah just about it's it's pretty good view from here but it's a lot more distracting than i thought it would be <laughs> <laughs> um and kelly your novel was snapped up in a four book deal with harper collins are you still pinching yourself can you tell us how that all came about 
Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it is. It's. It's. I guess it's a cliche to say it's a surreal type of thing, but it really is. Um, I, I've obviously been writing for quite a while, um, a lot across a lot of genres, and um, and the HarperCollins uh, are publishing two adult books or the uh, that I've written and two children's books as well for middle grade sort of age. Um, so they both. It's it's a weird sort of story, but both of them. Um, my, I had written an adult book and a children's book and both of those uh, ended up uh, being shopped around at the same time, just um, one by me and one by my agent. My agent had the adult book and, and HarperCollins ended up taking both books to their acquisitions meeting in the same month, which was um, really um, unusual, I gather, and ended up uh, coming back to offer a four-book deal, so um, the adult book and the kids' book and then one more of each. So yeah, it's it's um it doesn't really feel real, and it probably even though I've got the ARC copy, it probably won't until I actually get a real copy and see it on a bookshelf. But um, yeah, it's very bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> a great situation to find yourself in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and how did you celebrate the great news, Kelly, when you first got the call to say you're in? Um, I don't really remember celebrating. I think I was shocked more than anything. Um, none of my family or even friends are really in in the book world or writing world at all so and I'm not really one of those people who has a lot of writer friends or writers groups so they didn't really understand it was a it was a great thing um they were pleased for me obviously but um yeah they probably didn't really understand and so I just really I think I just had a glass of champagne with my kids <laughs> not, not that they were drinking it but I had a glass <laughs> that sounds like a pretty good way to celebrate <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> excellent and as I said earlier I loved other people's houses I loved your characters I loved the setting um, and the premise as well had me grouped right from the start can you give us a bit of a brief rundown of the story for the people listening today sure um it's a book it's a, a thriller I guess but it's about a, a woman in her 40s Kate who lives on the north shore of Sydney. She's um, she's a borderline alcoholic, or she might be an alcoholic, I suppose, but she, um, she lost her son 10 years earlier and she's still grieving over that um, and she's not hasn't really coped very well over the past 10 years. Uh, and she's part of what she does in that grieving process, I suppose, is she goes along to um, open houses. Uh, she works at a real estate agent, so she started that along the way. She goes along to open houses um, and takes a memento from each one and keeps it um, in her house. And then in the course of the novel, she comes across what she thinks is the perfect house and the perfect family, um, a big house, on a lovely big house in Warunga on the north shore of Sydney. And she becomes obsessed with that family, I suppose. She knows um, the, the mother. Uh, she used to go to university with the mother. And the, and the son in the house who's now a teenager reminds her of her own child, uh, how he might have been um, if he'd lived uh, for that long. He died when he was five. So she becomes obsessed and then it goes from there and we, we follow them and see what happens. Fantastic. And I thought Kate was a really fresh and fabulously flawed character and I thought you did a great job of revealing her as a person and, and making us feel really empathetic towards her as well, even though you know, she's living in this situation and she has these habits. It's, it's really understandable um, why she's gotten herself into this type of situation. I found myself cringing at her decisions and urging not to 
follow through with each and every idea, the bad <laughs> ideas that she gets. You're really in her corner yeah. <laughs> saying, don't do that. That's not going to work out well. Um, which, of course, I think made me cheer even harder when she started moving her life in, in a different direction. Um, I also liked how you flashed between the present day and the backstory. Um, I thought it was really clean and fast-paced writing. The story had a great, strong plot line. Um, and I loved the use of the unreliable narrator because I think we can call Kate that as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> it really reminded me of The Girl on the Train. So I'm looking forward to reading the next one. Will it be in the same um, genre, your next adult novel? Yeah, yeah, it will be. Um, I'm just trying to write it at the moment, actually. So that's um, that's a lot of uh, thought and endeavour, as you can imagine. I, I know you understand. But, um, yeah, second novel, I think, is so much harder than the first one. And, yeah, it will be in the same. I'm doing, uh, uh, I mean, I've yet to show the publishers and everyone, so who knows where it will go from here, but it, it's very much a first draft. But it will be uh, along the same lines. I'm going to set this one in Newcastle, so that'll be um, just a little bit different. And there will be uh, two narrators, I think, at the moment, two um, kind of unreliable narrators. <laughs> so we'll see how similar it is, I suppose. Oh, fantastic. I'm sure everyone will look forward to that one just as much. Um, now, another on a little side note, you work with a private investigator um, as well as writing novels. So just quickly, for someone who has been a huge fan of the um, Janet Ivanovich and the Stephanie Plum novels, can you give us an insight? Is the private investigator world anything at all <laughs> like what uh, it's portrayed in the books? No, I kind of wish it was. I think that's why I took the job <laughs> originally because um, it's obviously it's a, it's a fairly right world for a writer to to work in as well but for me well the the company that I work for does um more workers compensation and insurance claims so they do a lot of surveillance so my job is to um uh is to write up reports based on the surveillance and sometimes do other reports into desktop work as well so it's um it's not there's no adultery or there's no murder <laughs> um but it is it is interesting yeah it's certainly interesting <laughs> i think that's perfect um canvas to get some inspiration for <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> um now with the words and nerds podcast this is the summer takeover series um so we'll just move a quick quick bit into the summer world what does summer normally look like for you kelly what type of um things do you like to do in summer and is that the same this summer considering you've got a book coming out at the start of march um, it's not the same this year, for sure. It's normally a very relaxed time of the year for me. Um, my parents live at the beach. I live at Tungkari, which is a little bit um, north from here. So we've often spent a lot of time up there. Um, yeah, so it's it's definitely all about beach and it's all about family and relaxing. So this year has been not so relaxing. Um, it's actually been quite difficult because I really want to relax and that's and I've got the kids here and there on holidays and uh, at the same time, I'm trying to, you know, for a while do a word count and now edit every day and, and, then, and, and then think about things like this podcast. So it feels, yeah, quite different, um, not nearly as relaxed, unfortunately, but also it's exciting. So, um, and I work from home, so, I, you know, I can't complain too much. Fantastic. And now you mentioned word count. Is there a particular limit that you go for each day, Kelly, or do you have a particular um, time frame that you say, I'll write between this hour and this hour or...? Yeah, it depends how much under the pump I am. Ideally, um, 1,000 to 1,500 is good. If I'm really desperate, I'll aim for 2,000, but it's um, 
it's rare that I get there. It's, it's yeah, I, I probably prefer to go between one to one and a half thousand a day. I think that sits well with me. But sometimes you have to push it a little bit harder. Yeah, <laughs> Not the hours. The hours, yeah, I, I don't find sitting there for a long time will really help me. So I try and aim for the word count usually. Yeah. And do you get up and, and reward yourself after that and say, okay, if I hit this amount of words and I'm off and I'm, I'm doing something with the boys or is it uh, I can do yeah. one? Yeah, I do. I do definitely generally stop there. If I'm really going well, I might do a little bit longer. But, yeah, I would definitely try and reward myself after that. <laughs> I like that theory. I, I do the same. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as a writer, I'm sure you're an avid reader as well. Can you tell us what book you've enjoyed that you think everyone should be getting their hands on this summer, Kelly? Sure. Um, yeah, I definitely love reading. That's, I think, how most of us writers become writers. Um, for me, I never can pick just one. I think that's really hard. So um, there's a couple. I guess the one that I liked that's been most sort of, I guess, in the same genre as mine would be um, the, the latest one by Sally Hepworth. Oh, uh, yes. The Good Sister. Yeah, I read that quite recently and I really did enjoy it, I think because I've got a sister as well partly. Um, just really cleverly written, uh, looking at uh, who's, I guess, yeah, what who you trust, I suppose, uh, in the narrative, which was really, really fun. And the other one that I liked was Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason, which um, quite different to the sort of thing that I write, but it was really funny and also heartfelt and quite sort of quite a devastating type of book uh different to mine but yeah very very good yeah look I've read Sally Hepworth's one as well and I really enjoyed it it's been one of the recommended and sent home with my sister yeah. so she could enjoy on holidays it's uh, yeah it's fun yeah it's good I think we're really spoiled for choice with Australian authors aren't we we've got so many great writers in our backyard we definitely do the other one is obviously the Trent Dalton um uh, all our shimmering skies that's what was a really you know amazing book as well so yeah there's been a lot of Australian books especially recently which is great mm, absolutely I agree with you Kelly I like the Trent Dalton one too and I haven't got my hands on Sorrow and Bliss but I've heard so many people speaking about it and it's got yeah. a gorgeous cover as well it does it's, and it's an unusual sort of book perhaps but yeah it's very very well written so it's a great book to read Oh, excellent. Can you tell us a little bit about one of your favourite memories from summer uh, of a childhood, a previous summer past? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, my summers always do involve the beach. We had a beach house when we were young um, that we used to spend most of the summer at. And my family were, were really big on um, beach fishing and, and we had a four-wheel drive. So my memories are all, my favourite memories of summer always when we'd all get in the back and drive along the beach and then uh, you know, we get all the rods out, you know, spend the whole day there really. Um, often my cousins and would come in their car and be a big family day, um, just relaxing for the whole day, trying to stay, not trying not to get sunburnt, but, yeah, kept going home with some fish. So, yeah, that was always a favourite memory for me. Yeah, you can never beat fresh fish that you've caught yourself or at least oh. someone in your, in your group's caught. It's, um, it's pretty tricky to beat. Yeah, it is. Great food. <laughs> yeah. And so from that, would we say that you're more of a beach girl than a river or a lake or a swimming pool girl for summertime? Definitely. Yeah. It's all, all beach for me. Um, even if I don't even swim, but just to be or just to look at the beach or to walk along a beach. Um, just, it's just that, yeah, for me, it's definitely. But uh, any sort of water is great as well, having said that. Yeah. 
Definitely. I think um, summer in Australia for me is definitely about the beach as well. So would you say that in general, summer, family, relaxing beach kind of summarises it all for you? Yeah, I think so. Just being outside as much as you can, seeing um, seeing your family, just relaxing, yeah, not having any plans is, I think, the best way to go about it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Well, hopefully you get a bit more of that in this summer when you've got some, um, some word count sorted. That'd be nice. <laughs> um, what do you like to serve as your go-to weekday mish at meal on a summer night? Uh, give us some ideas and some suggestions. All right. Um, I do. I do love cooking. Um, if I'm if I'm entertaining, it, it'd be barbecue and salad all the way, which sounds pretty boring, but it is always good. But for family, my kids are quite. We love Asian food. We love spicy food, so we eat a lot of. Um, a lot of that sort of thing, even curries, even while it's hot, doesn't seem to worry us too much. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't really have, I tend to like to experiment. So no dish, no meals ever really the same twice. So it's hard to, it's hard to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm coming around to yours. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. What advice do you give to writers who are sitting down to write their first novel this summer, Kelly, or um, perhaps they're pitching their first novel or hoping to get published um, from someone who's scored themselves a fantastic book contract? You've got a book coming out next month. Have you got any suggestions for someone who's in your shoes back a few years? Yeah, um, I guess stick with it and be patient because, and just keep writing because um, it, it can take, it took me, you know, um, I can't even think how many years, but at least say six years before, um, six years of writing before I got to the point where something was publishable. And you just have to, you just have to put in those hours, I think. Um, get a, you know, attend things. It's always great to go to workshops and, and get inspired by other people. But the main thing I think is just to sit down and write, um, which is which is the hardest thing sometimes. It's easy to get excited by it all, but you just got to write. And then I think when you, if, if you do get to the point where you, uh, you're pitching or where you get, um, you have, you, in, you could talk to publishers and whatnot, you've just got to be really professional, I think, and, and treat this as a, as a job, not be, disheartened or uh, or offended if if people make suggestions or want to change your work or um, any of that because it generally is for the best um, and I think if you're professional then you're much more likely to be able to uh, to move forward and to make this some sort of a career. Yeah fantastic advice Kelly and that that reminds me, I was going to ask you, how many um, drafts and whatnot did you go through in that, that those years of writing? Were you working on that same manuscript most of the time um, in, in different genres? Yeah, I, I've written, I did, I think that's why I've had so much trouble because I tend to flit all over the place, I get bored. So I started writing um, paranormal romance for a while. That's probably where I started, like YA stuff. Um, and then I did that for a while and then um, had the idea for Other People's Houses, which um, I worked on for a long time. Well, it wasn't I guess it was a long time. It was a couple of years. But before it even got to a publisher, I think it had probably had seven or eight, maybe even ten drafts done of it. And then once it got to the publishers, it was another three or four, probably at least. So it's, um, yeah, it's a lot more than I probably would have thought when I was starting out. I think the first thing I ever wrote, I probably just thought, there it is, it's my first draft and send it off and thought it would be published. 
and it's you just takes a long time before you realize that's just not the case (laughs) there's a lot to learn and yeah and there's a lot um a lot that goes into just one book so it's quite it's quite a big process yeah it is and it's a whole team effort you know you spend so long working on that manuscript and then it's off into the world for the publishers to you know make it that best um best product possible and and their insights are so invaluable aren't they they really are it's um things you've never even thought of a lot of the time or just uh, parts of the book. It's, it can be really hard because you might, I th- I th- there's definitely bits of the book that I really enjoyed writing or that I thought were the best bits and they might not have been forwarding the story and in the sort of book that I've written they needed to go and it's quite difficult to let go of those things. But, it, yeah, you've got to trust that they know and, and they do. Like by the time when I reread it, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I can see why that, you know, we didn't need that now. So, yeah, it's a it's a very big team effort. Yes. And did you show it to people before you sent it through to the publisher? Did you have beta readers that you've worked with on the manuscript before it got to that stage? No, I've never had that real. I've never, um, I don't have any writing group type of things. I've never done that. But I did, uh, I actually, the uh, I wrote the book after I, uh, partly is the part of the Faber Academy course with Alan and Unwin um, at the Academy because I won the scholarship based on the idea for the book and a short story that I'd written. So that sort of gave me the impetus to start. Um, so I wrote it as part of that course over a year. And then uh, the book was um, chosen for a couple of other writers, sort of uh, long weekend type events. So I had feedback that was really important then from writers and occasional publishers. but. Before that, no, I don't. Um, my my husband um, he passed away just before I got the book deal. So, but even then, he'd read the books. Anything I gave him to read, he'd just go, "That sounds like a novel." <laughs> um, so yeah, I've never really had any beta readers except in those yeah from from taking it m- more professionally, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And before we go, we'll just touch on the cover as well because I loved both those covers. Um, did you have a preconceived idea of what it was going to look like before it came to you? Or did you get to see the different um, suggestions that they had for the ARC, the advanced reader copy, as well as the final copy? Or um, was it all a surprise? Here's, here's your cover. And Yeah, um, I, I didn't see the ARC at all until I, it, it turned up at my doorstep, but it was great. And a few people that are friends that have, I've passed it on to thought that was the actual cover <laughs> and they loved it. So it was quite weird. Um, I'm going, no, that's not the cover. <laughs> it's got a different <laughs> cover. But um, I did get, uh, I, I saw, I didn't really see many options for the cover, but the ones that they showed me, the main one, I just loved it anyway. So it didn't, um, I didn't really need to, there was no concerns with it. I, I just thought it was a great cover. So, yeah, couldn't be more happy like with, with how it looks. I think it's a really fresh-looking book. Yeah, so, yeah, love both of them. (laughs) Yeah, so for anyone who's um, listening today who hasn't seen a copy, the advanced cover um, looks like a newspaper classifieds advertisement section and it's got the real estate and the new adverts um, and lots of comments about the actual, um, from the team at HarperCollins and what they've thought of it. So I thought that was really innovative. Um, And and I think it would have made quite a good cover if you had, um, obviously, not the HarperCollins team making their comments, but um, (laughs) it's a very lovely little premise there. It really stood out as soon as that one came in my mailbox. The new cover is a beautiful, it's got lots of blue, white, greenery from a striking house. You can tell it's a beautiful mansion and there just happens to be some feet floating in the end of the pool. So it gives you a really good, um, I guess, snapshot of what the novel's about. I think they captured it perfectly. 
Yeah, and it seems really Australian too, which is great. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's going to look fantastic sitting on the shelves when it comes on the 3rd of March. So where can we find you online, Kelly? Can you please tell us your website details, where people can find you on social media, if you've got um, a blog or some touring details? Where do we look out for you? Sure. The, I'm not a big social media person, but Instagram is probably the best place to find me. And I'm just Kelly Hawkins, writer. Um, Kelly's with an I, as I've grown used to saying my whole life. Um, yeah, Kelly Hawkins writer on Instagram. And I do have a website at kellyhawkins.com, which will just, um, which is reasonably basic, but hopefully will keep being updated with, um, with thing, with, uh, both adult and kids book, uh, information. So yeah, that's really the best place to find me at the moment. I am very pleased that uh, Danny let us come on Words and Nerds and take over her summer series. I've been May Ellenell speaking with Kelly Hawkins about other people's houses. Thank you very much for being my guest today, Kelly, and hope you have a fantastic road to publication as the new novel comes out. Thanks so much, Mayo. It's great to meet you, and and yeah, first podcast I've done, so great to yeah, great to have one. <laughs>